In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today, God willing, we're going to continue our study of comparative religions. So far, we have studied um, just an overview, um, Orthodox Christianity, Judaism, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Mormonism, and then today, God willing, we're going to start speaking about um, Islam. And I'm sure there are many people familiar with Islam who come from Middle Eastern background or who have lived in the Middle East. Um, uh, so I think it's interesting to, to study uh, and to see kind of what is the origin of Islam and what is, what is the beliefs um, of Islam. Um, we're going to follow the same structure um, that we've been following, speaking about the introduction, the views on God, the belief of man and the universe, salvation and the afterlife. Uh, the belief about morals, um, worship, and so on. So Islam is a monotheistic religion based on claimed revelations received by the Prophet Muhammad from Archangel Gabriel in the 7th century AD, which were later recorded in the Quran, Islam's sacred text. Much of Muhammad's zeal was in reaction to the polytheism and lawlessness of the existing Arab culture. So he saw that there was a polytheism, paganism in um, the Arab culture, and he um, responded to that with this monotheistic religion. The crescent moon symbol is a symbol of the Islamic faith and is found atop mosques, this, uh, the, this, this symbol here that maybe we're familiar with. We see this crescent moon, um, and it's also found at the top of, of mosques. Um, and um, Islam emerged in Arabia, where travel along the desert trade routes was largely by night, and navigation depended upon the position of the moon and stars. Thus, the moon represents the guidance of God on the path through life. So that's where we get the crescent moon. What does it represent? It, rem it represents like the guidance of God, God guiding one along the path. As again, it says um, at the. Uh, the, the people, the nomads, as they were traveling from place to place at night in the desert, um, they would use the stars for navigation, and they considered that God is the one who is guiding them along the path. And so that became kind of the symbol of the Islamic faith. Most scholars believe that in his travels, Muhammad developed his concepts of monotheism from several sources, including Nestorian monks who deny that the incarnate Christ was both human and divine at birth. So the, there is a lot of influence um, both from Christian sources as well as we'll see also Jewish sources um, to the Islamic religion. And namely, there were uh, Nestorians. Nestorians are Christian heretics that um, did not believe that God was both, that Christ was, was not both human and divine at the same time. And this was a big heresy that occupied the church um, in the Third Ecumenical Council. Uh, and in the year 431 AD. And so some of these uh, monks who believed in this Nestorian heresy um, ended up influencing um, Muhammad in, in, in developing um, the beliefs of the Islamic faith. They contend that Jesus was born as a man who was later indwelt with divinity. This is the Nestorian belief. Not, not, not what Islam believes, what, what the Nestorians believe. In addition, it is believed that he was exposed to a great deal of teaching from the Jews who exposed him to the Talmud. The word Islam is the Arabic word for surrender and refers to the peace that comes from surrender to God. So some people say what Islam means is peace. It's, it's not actually the same word. Okay, uh, Islam 
means surrender. That's what, um, that's what the word means. Within a century, Islam had conquered an area greater than the Roman Empire at its height. So it was a very, very large empire. And we did speak about, when we did the series about the history of the Coptic Church, we spoke about how there were different governors that were sent by the caliph to come to Egypt and to rule over Egypt. Okay, so um, the, 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 the central kind of caliph, who was the, the head of all of the Islamic empire, had all these different provinces and they would send governors in order to govern them. Today, Islam is almost the sole religion of all Arab countries and has major communities in Africa as well. So uh, in Egypt and in other countries, by far the majority religion um, is Islam. The Quran, for the most part, is a series of short teachings, three quarters dictated by Muhammad, the other quarter by his disciples who remembered his oral teachings after he died. So, so the majority of it written directly by Muhammad, but other parts of it written by others who recorded his teachings that he had spoken orally, and then they wrote it down. It is intensely revered by Muslims as the final word of God and the culmination of what was only begun in the Bible. Very different to the way that as Christians we believe that the Bible was written, right? So the Bible was written, um, first of all, by many different people. It wasn't just by one person. And it was not dictated. So for instance, there was no, God did not dictate word for word what the Bible, what is written in the Bible, okay? Um, all of the prophets, they, they wrote it from their own mind, guided and inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is why you'll find that different books of the Bible, they have different styles, right? So St. Peter writes one way, St. Paul writes one way, other prophets, they write different ways. If, if this is something that was dictated word for word, then there would be no difference of style depending on who was writing the book. But in Islam, it's believed that every word was dictated exactly as it is, which is why the in, in in islam the arabic language and the writing of the quran in arabic is considered to be like the purest form um the holiest form of the quran because it is written in the original language that it was dictated okay and that this exact translation is extremely important or not translation but this exact uh dictation is is extremely important in addition to the quran muhammad had sayings called sunnah or mean path, the collection of these sayings are the hadith and form the basis of traditions which were handed down orally for generations, for generations after Muhammad's death until finally transcribed. So again, these hadith are these oral traditions that were written down uh, and transcribed. The hadith is to the Quran what the Talmud is to the Hebrew Bible. So it's kind of like... Um, the, the, the additional components of interpretation that was written down to um, dis discussing the Quran and the Islamic teachings. Another body of teaching in Islam comes from the Sharia, uh, legal interpretations of the Quran and the Hadith. This is like the legal system, okay? And the, the countries that are purely Islamic, like Saudi Arabia, for instance, their government laws is the Sharia law. So the Sharia law essentially is the Islamic law, which is also the law of the government, okay, of the legal system. Sharia, meaning law, lays down the strict moral conduct expected from Muslims. Also expected from Muslims is the practice of five pillars of Islam, and these are faith, prayer, fasting, 
pilgrimage, and alms. There are three main branches of Islam. Okay, there, there are the Sunni Muslims. They are the largest denomination. The Shia uh, Muslims is the second largest denomination of the Islamic faith, making up 10 to 20% of the Muslims. Uh, and the Shias adhere to the teachings of Islam, uh, the Islamic prophet Muhammad, but differ from Sunni in following the religious guidance of his family, whom they consider to be infallible. Okay, so the, the difference between the Sunni and the Shia primarily is that the Sunni focus only on what's written in the Quran, whereas the Shia consider that the religious guidance of other people other than Muhammad are also part of the faith and, and, and the teach, their teachings is considered part of the teachings of Islam. Whereas the Sunni, or, or sorry, yeah, the Sunni, they focus only on what Muhammad only said, whereas the Shia, not only Muhammad, but other people who are members of his family, what is it that they said? Unlike the Sunnis, the Shia believe in Ali ibn Abi Talib, who is Muhammad's cousin and the husband of Fatima, was the true successor to Muhammad and reject the legitimacy of the first three caliphs of Islamic history. So they consider that essentially the lineage and the progression of who would be the successors of Muhammad is different than what the, um, the, than what the Sunnis believe. Okay, So they reject some of the the, the caliphate that happened in the first three centuries because they believe they're to be illegitimate because they didn't follow the, the lineage that they believe should have been followed. The Shiites are the, th are, the, um, are the third group. They believe that, sorry, sorry, no, the Shiites are the Shia. The Shia believe the religious leaders should also be political rulers, whereas the majority of Muslims, the, the Sunnis, believe in separation of the two realms. So, for instance, there are some countries, like Egypt actually is an example, that was primarily Sunni, and the government is a secular government. So even though you, you have maybe the people who are holding power in Egypt are Islam, Islamic, they're Muslims, but they don't. The, the the government itself is not an Islamic government in the sense that they do not, they're not abiding by the Sharia law as the law of the government. Okay, so the Sunnis they, they make a separation between religion and the state, whereas the the Shiites, the Shiite Muslims, they they say that the leader of the government should actually also be the religious leader. Okay, so they have the, the dual role and the government, the system of government and the legal system is Islamic directly. The third branch here is the Sufis. The Sufis form the mystical branch of Islam, teaching an arduous path of self-denial culminating in the union with God. So the Sufis are like the ascetic uh, version of Islam. They focus very much on uh, ascetic practices. So those are the three different forms of Islam. There's the Sunnis, the Shia, and the Sufis. And the Sufis, I believe, are by far the smallest group of the three. The Sunnis are the majority. Their views on God. This is the Arabic word for God, Allah. The single most important belief in Islam, and arguably the central theme of Islam, is that there is one God. And that's what Allah means. Allah means the God. Right? The God, one God. Allah means the God, indicating the radical monotheism, monotheism of Islam. So, of course, um, this focus uh, on, you know, in Christianity, of course, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, a typical uh, Muslim would look at a, a Christian and they would say about us that we are polytheistic 
and that we believe in three gods and not one God. They only believe in God, the Father, who is one, one God. They don't call him the Father, but there's just one God only. Um, in the Quran, it says, We shall not serve anyone but God, and we shall associate none with him. Any division of God is rejected, including the Christian doctrines of the Trinity and the divinity of Christ. So they do not attribute divinity to Jesus Christ, even though they believe that he is a prophet. Um, and actually, we'll talk about this, but they believe that Jesus is going to be the judge of the world. But they don't consider him to be divine in any way, and they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. It is only God as one. Muslims believe that God is the all-powerful creator of a perfect, ordered universe. He is transcendent and not a part of his creation, and is most often referred to in terms and with names that emphasize his majesty and superiority. There is, there is considered among Islam these 99 beautiful names of God, and this is just a small sample that you can kind of see some of the names that they refer to God. The creator, the all-compassionate, the absolute ruler, the all-comprehending, the expediter, the patient one, the owner of all, the finder, the appraiser, the truth, the seer of all. There's 99 of them. This is just um, some of them. Conspicuously absent is the name Father. So they do not consider God a father the way that we in, as, in, as Christians believe. God for them is more like he is powerful, he is a judge, he, is, he, 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 he judges man because uh, essentially salvation is, is based on a system of works um, in Islam. But we, they do not have a connection or relationship to God as children the way that we in Christianity have a relationship to the Christian God. Muslims find it hard to divorce the concept of father from the physical realm. So in Islam, very similar to Judaism actually, there is a big focus on the physical, okay? And so reward and punishment is to a large extent physical. In the Jews, for instance, they believed when the God is going to reward them, what was the form of the reward? The form of the reward is that God was going to grant them long life, uh, grant them victory over their enemies, and so on and so on. Okay, um, So also in, in Islam, it, they, they tend to think of things in, in physical sense. So when we are saying that God is our father, then they think of it as a physical father, right? They think, and which of course doesn't make sense. Okay, so... Um, to them, it is blasphemous to call Allah your father. To do so is the same as saying that your mother and Allah had sexual intercourse to produce you because they're thinking in physical terms, right? Of course, that's not what we mean when we say that God is our father. Although the God of Islam has revealed his will through the prophets, his actual nature remains ultimately unknowable. The majesty and might of Allah is often portrayed in the Quran. Justice is Allah's most important characteristic for Muslims. Allah is also merciful and compassionate, but that mercy is shown mainly in his me sending messengers who proclaim the truth of man's responsibility to live according to Allah's dictates. In essence, he acts impersonally and is deficient in such attributes as love and grace. So there is less of a personal connection between uh, the people and God in their sight. You know, we believe that we have personal relationship with God and, and we can have intimate relationship with God and that again we are the children and God is our father and that there is closeness and unity 
and actually the ultimate realization of eternal life and the reward that God gives us is to become one with him. You know, this is what we believe. Actually, eternal life ultimately is to become one with God. Okay, whereas here they don't they don't see it like this at all. It's more that God is going to give them rewards, and and many of those rewards that they receive are rewards that, as a phys- physical human being, would be something desirable. Okay, because they're thinking in terms of the physical, man and the universe. Muslims see the universe as created by the deliberate act of a personal omnipresent God. The universe is not considered an illusion in any way and is basically good being given for the benefit of man. Muhammad did not produce miracles but simply proclaimed the message of Allah. So they don't believe that Muhammad is like a, like did any supernatural acts like they don't consider that he did miracles or anything like that. The the primary thing that he did is he received the Quran, the message of the faith, and he he wrote it down and he proclaimed it. This was the biggest role that Muhammad played in the religion. Thus the presence of God in the world is seen not through supernatural signs, but through the wonderful order of nature and the one great miracle which is the Quran itself. Muslims generally do not expect miraculous deliverance from suffering in this life, but believe that good deeds will be rewarded in the next life. According to the Quran, Allah created man from a clot of blood. At the same time, he created the jinn, the jinn are the demons, from fire. Humans are the greatest of all creatures, created with free will for the purpose of obeying and serving God. The Quran includes a version of the biblical story of the fall of Adam, so there is overlap. We will see that there is a lot of similarities um, between what is written in the Quran and the Bible. There is overlap with some changes. But again, where did this come from? There is a big Christian influence um, on, on Muhammad when he was writing this. Um, The Quran includes a version of the biblical story of the fall of Adam, but it does not conclude from it the doctrine of sin leading to death and a corrupted nature as is understood in Christianity. As we've spoken many times, in Christianity, it is not simply a matter of, you know, we are either doing actions that are sinful against God or we are doing good works and that God is going to judge us according to our works. That's That's not the system that we are, that we believe in. We believe in the necessity of grace, which means that no amount of good work can bring eternal life. No amount of good work can result in in being rewarded by God because we have been corrupted in our nature. So the only way for us to have salvation is for our nature to be healed, for our nature to be redeemed. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. That's the whole purpose of why the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth, was incarnate, and died for our sins was because no amount of good works was sufficient for salvation, okay? So when we read the story of Adam and Eve, we see the fall of man, we see the, 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 the entrance of the corruption into the human nature, and that from that point on, all of humanity is under the penalty of sin, and no amount of good works can redeem us until the time where the Lord Jesus Christ came. So for us as Christians, the greatest act that God did for us is the act of salvation. Whereas for for Muslims, they don't see that man became corrupted. 
They just see that from the beginning, God says, here are what I want you to do. Here are the pillars of faith that you need to pray, you need to fast, you need to give alms, you need to do pilgrimage to the city of Mecca. You need to do these things, and if you do them well for your life, then you will be rewarded. But if you do not do them well, then you will be punished. In the Quranic version of the story, Adam and Eve begged God's forgiveness, and he punished them with a mortal life on earth, but added from it, earth you will be taken out at last so this is the 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 the, the version that sh appears in the quran adam and eve begged god for forgiveness and the punishment that god gave them was mortality on earth since allah forgave the sins of the first pair muslims believe all are born in al-fitra which is a natural state of submission to god true repentance from sin returns a person to this original sinless state According to Muslim theology, mankind's chief failing is pride and rebellion. In their pride, humans attempt to partner themselves with God and thereby damage the unity of God. Thus, pride is Islam's cardinal sin. The cardinal virtue then is surrender or Islam. That's what Islam is about. It's surrendering our will to, to God. Man is endowed with taqwa, a sort of divine spark manifested in his conscience that enables him to perceive the truth and to act on it. Conscience is thus of the greatest value in Islam, much as love is the greatest value to Christians. But Islam is in no way pantheism. Man may cultivate his taqwa and so live according to the way of Allah, or he may suppress it. Man thus deserves or is undeserving of God's guidance. So pantheism is a belief that essentially the universe is God. The, 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 the belief that of some people where they believe that God is expressed in the world, in the creation. Okay, We believe that God made the creation, but God is not the creation. God is above the creation, and he created everything, including us, and he created these things for our benefit. Okay, whereas those who believe in pantheism, essentially pan means all, and theism is the belief, belief in God, so essentially pantheism is everything is God, right? Everything is God. You have people who, like, who believe that like, nature is spiritual, right? That, that actually there is, there is some like, spiritual experience to be had in nature or into speaking with inanimate objects or things like that. This is, this is pantheism. Salvation and the afterlife. The Quran rejects the notion of redemption. So as we've said, because there is nothing to be redeemed of, essentially our judgment is by good works. So there is no, there's no need for redemption. Salvation depends on man's actions, good works, and belief that God is one and the Muhammad is his prophet. Actually, in Islam, simply stating this phrase, in, in believing, saying essentially there is no God but God and Muhammad is his prophet, simply to say this phrase means that you're a Muslim, right? So anyone who says this is considered to be Muslim just by saying the phrase, okay? However, Toba or repentance can quickly turn an evil man toward the virtue that will save him. So Islam does not hold out the possibility of salvation through the work of God, but invite man, invites man to accept God's guidance. 
Like Christianity, Islam teaches the continued existence of the soul and a transformed physical existence after death. So there is an afterlife. They believe in an afterlife. Muslims believe there will be a day of judgment when all humans will be divided between the eternal destinations of paradise and hell. The final day of reckoning is, is described in awesome terms. On the last day, every man will account for what he has done and his eternal existence will be determined on that basis. Every man's actions Ha, uh, every man's actions will, will be hung around his neck and on the last day shall be laid before him a wide open book. So everyone will be judged according to their actions, will give account according to what they have done. But keep in mind here, there is no mercy, there is no redemption, there is no the concept of like the Christian forgiveness that we have, that we appeal to the Lord Jesus Christ and we say, we ask God to have mercy on us and to forgive us our sins. Here, it's a, it's a much more legalistic, um, what are your actions? Do your bad actions uh, outweigh your good actions or not? Muslims recognize that different individuals have been given different abilities and various degrees of insight into the truth. Each man will be judged according to his situation, and every man who lives according to the truth to the best of his abilities will achieve heaven. However, infidels who are presented with the truth of Islam and reject and reject it will be given no mercy. The Quran has vivid descriptions of both heaven and hell. Heaven is depicted in terms of worldly delights with lofty mansions, delicious food and drink, and virgin companions called Horis. So again, the in the in the Islamic mind, the type of reward that a person receives in the afterlife is a very physical and sensual one because in the world, that's what people desire. So it must be the case that in heaven, what people receive are more of the same. Whereas, of course, in, in, in Christianity, we believe that we put off the flesh and that the flesh is the one who desires the worldly delights. The flesh is the one who desires these kind of worldly pleasures. And without the flesh, we don't even have any desire for these things. And the greatest reward and the greatest joy that we have is not to indulge the flesh, but instead to have union with God. And that is the greatest uh, experience. So in Christianity, we focus much more on the spirit right what is the what is for the spiritual benefit what is for the spiritual gain what is the spiritual connection that we are making with god and in prayer we are making a spiritual connection with god and the reward that we are hoping to receive is also a spiritual one we are not looking to receive any physical rewards in heaven we will not even have the body as as it is at the resurrection we will receive a glorified body that doesn't have the same desires that we have right now so the 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 idea of receiving food and drink and companions and all this stuff, this is not even desirable for, for us because we are not going to have the flesh that we have now. So the, even the reward system um, is very different. There are seven heavens. Hell is mentioned frequently in the Quran and the, the Sunnah using a variety of imagery. It has seven doors leading to a fiery crater of various levels the lowest of which contains the three zakum and a cauld oh, sorry the tree zakum and a cauldron of boiling pitch the level of hell depends on the degree of offenses suffering is both physical and spiritual being a muslim does not keep one out of hell 
but it is not clear whether Muslims remain in hell forever. Non-Muslims, or the kafir, however, will be punished eternally. This is a good stopping point for today. Does anyone have any comments or questions about anything we've discussed so far? So I want to say that I am not an expert in Islam by, by any means. I think a lot of people who have lived maybe in Egypt or in the Middle East maybe know a lot more about it than, than I do. Yes. Any any non no so non Muslims are, are are will be eternally punished so that would include Christians. Even Christians. So so, in the Quran there are some things that are kind of contradictory in terms of how uh, the Quran treats Christians and Jews. Okay. There's, there was a period of time, and the explanation of this is that there was a period of time where, where Muhammad was not very powerful. And in this phase of his life, he was very conciliatory toward Christians and Jews, and he even spoke to them kind of like, we are all brothers and so on. But then there was another period of time where he was powerful, and he considered that the Christians and Jews were enemies, infidels, and supposed to be killed. And so this is what jihad is, right? The jihad, the holy war. So so it's actually in the Quran speaking about how like you are rewarded for killing the infidels. Okay? So so it is explicit that that the the Christians are considered to be yes. Fetty and then So it can't like it it, it maybe it cannot contradict it but there are laws for instance like i believe there's a law in the quran about how if a person steals their hand would be cut off right so in egypt they don't practice that but in saudi arabia i believe they do right so in saudi arabia it's like the law of the country is the sharia law whereas in egypt they have a secular government as long as the laws do not contradict the sharia law but that doesn't mean they're going to apply everything in the sharia law same thing with like for instance women women um, are able to walk around without the veil in Egypt, but not in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, a woman cannot even go anywhere without either her husband, her father, or I believe her son, right? Whereas in Egypt, they can, right? So I think it, in Egypt, there's a big influence to, and maybe, and there are groups of people who want it to be Sharia law, right, in Egypt, but it's not there. Whereas, whereas in other countries, it already is completely Sharia, yes.
I think uh, I, I would say there's more similarity between Jehovah's Witnesses and Christians um, rather than the... So your question was whether the, the similarity between the Jehovah's Witness and either Christians or Jews or, or, or Muslims. Um, I think there's a lot of similarity between, between the Jews and the Christians more than the Muslims. Um, yes, they don't believe in the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and they are polytheistic in, in a sense because they consider the Father is different than the Son, but they also do not consider them to be equal in divinity. They consider the Father, they call him the Almighty God, whereas the Son, they call him Mighty God, and actually they believe he is Archangel Michael. So there's, uh, there, they don't, they, in, in that sense, yes, they definitely don't believe in the Trinity, and they also have different beliefs about the afterlife and so on, which I think I would say that's pretty unique, um, not like anything else. The, the afterlife belief that Jehovah's Witnesses is, is not like the Mormons, it's not like the Muslims, it's not like the Christians, it's not like the Jews. It's very, very unique to their own um, belief. So as far as the nature of God, yes, they, they, they believe that they believe in more than one God. So that's neither Christian nor Jewish nor Islam. Okay, that's uh, closer to the Mormons in that sense. So I re it's really hard to say that they're closer to one or the other. They consider themselves to be Christians, and they have the Bible. They use the Bible, but it's a version of the Bible that they translated and changed certain things to match their theology. So they definitely would reject the categorization that they are like the Jews, and they would reject the idea that they are like the Muslims. Um, I think they're kind of like a unique kind of category. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they believe that Jesus is the one who judges the world. And they believe that Jesus did miracles. So, but unlike Muhammad, who did not do miracles, and Muhammad is not the judge. So actually, they place very, very high kind of honor and respect to Jesus. But what they, but they don't believe that he is God, and they believe that Muhammad is kind of like the successor of Jesus. They don't, they don't deny a lot of the Christian beliefs. But then they come and they say, yes, but Muhammad was the continuation, like the more perfect prophet that came after Jesus, who continued in the ministry, and he is the one who received the Quran. And they believe different things. Like, for instance, we believe that Abraham had two sons who were Isaac and Ishmael, and that Isaac was the son of promise, the one whom God gave, through which the Messiah came. Okay? Whereas in in Islam, they believe Ishmael is the one. So we acknowledge that Ishmael actually is the ancestor of the Muslims, the Arabs, right? But they consider that Ishmael actually was the son of promise. He is the one whom God um, promised to Abraham. So uh, there's a lot of similarities, but then in few key areas, you see like something's changed or they look at it in a different way that kind of points more toward the validity of Islam and Muhammad as prophet and so on. Yes, they believe that Jesus was born at the virgin birth, which again, they, Muhammad was not. There's actually a video I saw on YouTube. It was a, a man who says about himself that he used to be an imam, which is like the priest of the Islamic priest. Um, and he converted to Christianity. And the reason he converted to Christianity was actually because of the Quran and not because of the Bible. He kept looking at all the things that the Quran itself said about Jesus as compared to Muhammad 
And he concluded from that that Jesus actually is a greater figure than, than Muhammad, and that actually eventually led him to convert to Christianity. Yeah. Okay. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask for your blessing, O Lord, in all things, and we ask you to help us to understand our faith and the other faiths that exist in the world. Help us, O Lord, know how to speak to others who are, have gone astray or are living in darkness or are far from you, and help us by our example and by words to restore them again. Teach us, O God, to be faithful and to be thankful for the faith you have given us and the truth you have revealed to us, and help us to live it out, O Lord, to the best that we can. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion of the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.